Turn with me, please, to Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter. In Deuteronomy 30, we've been talking about this for some weeks now. In verse 15, in the uh, Good News translation, Deuteronomy 30, 15, the Lord says, today I am giving you a choice. So whose choice would it be then? God's choice. Did he say, today I'm making a decision? (laughs) No. Today I'm giving you a choice between good and evil, between life and death. If, the next verse says, if, everybody say if. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I give you today, if You love him, obey him, and keep all his laws. Then you will prosper and become a nation of many people. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're about to occupy. What's going to happen if you make this choice? It's going to go good with you. You're going to prosper. You're going to be blessed. You're going to occupy and live in what God, the good things, the land that flowed with milk and honey that God gave you. Verse 17. But if... If you disobey and refuse to listen and are led away to worship other gods, is idolatry still with us today? Oh, yeah. There's literally, there are millions uh, and more that worship all kinds of stuff instead of God. But there are people who are idolaters that would not think of themselves as being idolaters. Among other things, the Bible said covetousness is idolatry. You can worship money. You can worship success. You can have another God. Who's your God, saints? Who's your God? One and only God. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God and Father of my Lord Jesus, right? Only God I have. But if you disobey and refuse to listen and are led away and worship these other gods, you will be destroyed. I warn you here and now, you will not live long in that land across the Jordan that you're about to occupy. Now that is quite a different outcome. Over here, you're going to be blessed. It's going to go good with you. You're going to prosper. You're going to eat the good of the land. If you choose this, you're going to die young. It's going to be hard. You're not going to make it. And whose choice was it? Is it? Theirs? And ours? Now if that is true, if it's our choice, why are so many still saying it's God's choice? Because they are. Folks are saying everything that happens, it was God's choice. Everything that didn't happen, it was God's choice. What that last verse say there? Verse 19. I'm giving you. I'm giving who? Giving you the choice. Between life and death. Between God's blessing and God's curse. And I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Why? Because when it ends up. You know. and Especially if it ends up wrong. And people say. Well God why would you let this happen to me? What's he going to say? Heaven. Earth. What did I say? 
Well, you, Lord, you told them to choose. Then they chose. People say, well, nobody would choose death. When you choose to reject God, you choose death. When you choose to ignore his plan and go your own way, you choose destruction. That, isn't that what he just said? One of the things that got me going down this line in recent times was I, I was sp- talking to the Lord, praying. And this came on my heart and mind, and I said to him, you know, I talked to him like I talked to you, only much more respectful. <laughs> I want to be respectful to you, but with him it's another level. Which is also one reason why I don't clap for the Lord. I don't believe it's reverent enough. Uh, people say, well, the scripture said, clap your hands, all you people. One time, and that was a psalm. They were singing and playing. No, I believe it's not reverent. You know, we clap for men, for politicians and everybody else. I don't believe that's reverent enough. I believe you should do what the Bible says, lifting holy hands. You don't do that for other men. Right? (laughs) But anyway, I, I was talking to the Lord about this and I said, Father, what about this that people say? They say, you know, if God's a good God, if God's a God of love, how can a God who is love send people to hell, to eternal damnation? How can that be? If God is love, how can he send people to a burning hell? And I don't mean I heard a voice, but distinctly inside me, the Lord spoke to my heart like he'll do any Christian if you'll listen. He said to me, he said, son, it's not my choice. Not my choice. Is that true? Is that true? Not my choice? Not his choice? Now, the further I go, the more I see how much stuff people believe Christians, I'm talking about church-going people, that's just got nothing to do with God. It's no wonder some of our opponents mock us and deride us the way they do because a lot of things that Christians believe is preposterous. It's ridiculous. And it's got nothing to do with God. And yet because it's been around for centuries, and everybody believes it and everybody says it. Must be so. No, if a guy had a goofy idea 500 years ago, just because it's been repeated and put on bronze plaques and taught on 100,000 times, doesn't make it any less goofy. 500 years later, just because a million, millions of people believe it now, it was wrong then, still wrong now. And there are some phrases that are almost universal in Christendom like God is in control. God is sovereign. And God is in control. Of what? I'd say. Everything. Everything. Everybody. God is in Really? Let's just take you and yesterday 
God was in complete control of everything you said, everything you thought, everything you did, everywhere you went, everything you ate. It was God's choice that you ate raisin bran instead of cornflakes or whatever it was. Mm -mm. Now, what did he say? If it's true that the choice is ours, why are so many still trying to say, no, it's not our choice, it's his? And try to imply that everything that is happening, and you'll hear people saying, you know, try to get wise, especially when bad things happen. People will say, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, I don't doubt that, but could the reason be you made a dumb choice? (laughs) And it's got nothing to do with God or his plan or his will? (laughs) I'm telling you, friends, there's a lot of stuff Christians believe that's just absolutely wrong. It is contrary to plain scripture. Let's take this, for instance. If God is really in complete control of everything, there can be no if. And we see plainly, he said, if. If you do this, this is going to happen. If you do that, something else is going to happen. If. Is it true? Yeah, I I would not argue. God is all-knowing. I believe that in all-powerful and in his wisdom and There's no need in trying to say less about that. He is. But what if in his all-knowing and in his great power, he saw fit to give us choice and real freedom to reap the results and repercussions of a wrong choice? If you give somebody real freedom to choose, it's possible they can use it to rebel against you. Which is what happened with Adam and Eve, and it's what's happened over and over and over again. Put up on the screen for us, please, Psalm 115, 16. Psalm 115, 16. What does it say? The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. Why would you need to say that? He's differentiating. But, everybody say but. But. Why say but? Everything's the Lord's, right? Everything's the Lord's. Well, by right of creation, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Do you remember Jesus taught the disciples and us to pray? Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth. How? Is he telling them and us to pray that? To pray what? That God's will would be done. Stop. You mean it's not? (laughs) If it's already being done, you don't need to pray that it would be done. Is there a difference between heaven and earth as far as God's will being manifested? You better believe it. All we got to do is look around, get our head out of the religious sand and see what's going on 
What's happening here? What's going on around us? There's a lot of bad stuff going on. Is God really in it? In heaven. Let's back up. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, how much crime do they have? How much? They got the crime rate down real low. Huh? Yeah, like zero. There is no crime in heaven. Huh? How many hurricanes they have every year in heaven? Hurricane season in heaven. How many? How many? How many? How many tornadoes? How many earthquakes? How many? How many plagues? How many economic upheavals? And how many people lost their house in heaven this past year? Zero. You know why? Because God is in complete control there. What about down here? Oh man. It's not the same. Why? Because if he has given the earth to the children of men. And if you read what Jesus said in Matthew and other places. He said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose or allow on earth will be loosed or allowed. Then it begins to make perfect sense. If men are running this thing. That's why. It's in the mess that it's in. Friend, we need to get clear about this stuff. I don't know about you, but I'm weary of people blaming evil stuff on my amazingly wonderful good father. There's people, there's preachers, preachers will try to tell us that God through a tornado picked up a mobile home and threw it into the woods and killed a six-month-old. Well, God must have had some purpose. No, 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 no. Don't say all of these choices and things are God when he said different. There's all kind of stuff happening down here that's got nothing to do with God. Nothing. It's because of men and the devil, and it's not God. How many remember the scripture in in Revelation? Let's put it upon the screen for us. I know I I get a little animated about it sometimes, but there's somebody you love, and you, you think the world of, and more. And somebody's blaspheming them and accused. I mean, how many of you, you love your mom and daddy, you love some of your friends, somebody accused them of rape and murder and any other kind of thing. You just say, well, yeah, they might have done it. You just never know. No, you got a godly man, a godly woman, a godly dad or mama. No, you're not going to just sit there and say, yeah, I agree with all kind of evil stuff. Attributed to them when you know there's no way, no how they did this. Jesus said, the devil comes not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I'm come. Why did Jesus come? He said, I'm come that you might, the Amplified says, might have and enjoy life and have it to the full until it overflows. Revelation 
3.20. Revelation 3.20 says what? Jesus said, Behold, I'm sovereign. <laughs> and I come in anytime I'll get ready to. <laughs> and I do what I want when I want. And if I want to be in, I will be in. I will blow that door down. <laughs> Don't you even try to lock it. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're not saying he didn't have the power to do that. But what if in his wisdom and in his power, he has chosen not to do that and give us this kind of freedom to choose and then have whatever repercussions that choice brings? I stand at the door and do what? Knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. What if you won't open the door? Is he coming in anyway? What if you won't open the door? If you won't invite him in, is he coming in anyway? If he's not coming in, then he's not going to be in there with you. Is it true he's not going to be in there with you unless you open the door and invite him in? There's a whole lot of things God is not in because nobody invited him. Nobody asked him. But if you will, I'll come in. Anybody around here invited him in before? I'll come in to him. I'll sup with him and he with me. Think about this. Is it true? Is it really true that God is in complete control of everything and everybody, everything that's happening? Or is it really true that unless somebody asks him to come in, he's not involved in it? And that there's all kind of stuff on this earth that God's not in, he's not around, he's got nothing to do with it. Go with me, please. To uh, 1 Kings 19. Let's look at some scriptures. I know some folks may have to think about this some. You ought to. Don't take my word for it. Search the scriptures. If you think you believe something else. Don't just say well I believe something else. In order for something to be scriptural. You know what you need for it? Scriptures. Right? So don't just say well I believe something new. You know, I've got a right to my beliefs. Actually you don't. If Jesus is your Lord, you're supposed to believe what he tells you, right? Not just make up stuff as you go along. So we've been over a lot of stuff previous to this. So go out in the back and get a CD or DVD or several of them or go online, download it. It won't cost you anything. It won't cost you a penny. And uh, what do we say around here? No cost means what? No excuse. No excuse <laughs> for not knowing it, not getting it. So First uh, Kings 19, Elijah the man of God had this amazing, spectacularly miraculous showdown with the prophets of Baal on this mountain. You remember they dug the trench and poured water on the sacrifice and, and he challenged, he said, uh, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? If Baal is God, we'll worship him. But if he's not, if God's God, worship him. And he said, let's just have a showdown. Whichever God answers by fire is the real God. And man, what was it? 450 prophets of Baal came out there and they cut themselves and screamed and went through their rituals. And, and um, Elijah mocked them. 
He said, you better yell louder. Maybe, maybe your God's on vacation. Maybe he's left for the day or maybe he can't hear you. You better yell a little louder. This went on. <laughs> Nothing happened. He said, pour some more water on that thing. Let, let, let everybody know this. That's not an accident. And he called on God and man, God, the fire came out of the sky. I don't know if it was lightning bolts or whatever it was, but it just disintegrated. That water, the sacrifice, everything, and everybody in the whole crowd of me is going, <gasps> they said, the Lord is God. <laughs> it's him. And he said, what about these lousy Baal prophets? Man, they killed them. They wiped them out. But those were Jezebel's hand-picked prophets. And oh, it made her mad, and she was a murderous woman anyway. And she sent word to Elijah, you know what she's going to do to him? And, uh, you know, the Bible said Elijah was a man subject to like passions as us. And you can sure see it because here he is standing down these 450 prophets. And the next day he's running from one woman. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of ways we could go with that. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> that was your imagination. I didn't say anything. Uh, anyway, he goes out to the mountain and calls on God and says, God, just kill me. Would you please put me out of my misery? Get, take me out of here before she gets to me. And, and, and besides that, I'm the only one left. I am the last of the Mohicans, man. I, I'm it. And finally, the Lord had to tell him later, you know, you are not the last one. You know, the enemy comes and tries to feed you that. Nope, that you're alone in this. You're, nobody else is going through what you're going through. That's a lie. That's a lie. Millions of people all over the planet are experiencing the same things that you are. That's what the Bible says. But now notice in verse 11. The Lord said. This is the NIV I'm reading. Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord's about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. Read the next phrase with me. But... The Lord was not in the wind. Is God in every wind that comes through? Tears up stuff? Well, a lot of insurance companies seem to think so. They call hurricanes and tornadoes acts of God. Acts of God. And these tornadoes and hurricanes blow through and destroy property and homes and kill people and maim people. And you got Christians get up the, the next Sunday after these storms, pre preachers, and say, well, we don't understand God's mysterious ways. But And we, they just said they had 12 fatalities and they had this and that and, and there were children and, and everything else. You're telling me. God killed those little kids with that hurricane, with that, with that storm. Well, we just don't understand. No. The Bible is very plain. There are winds that God is not in. You believe it or not? Are we reading scriptures? God wasn't in that wind that was tearing the rocks. Keep reading. After the wind, what happened? There was an earthquake. Wonder why God sent that earthquake. Tore that city apart. Killed all those thousands of people. 
Must have been some judgment. Must have been this. Must have been that. Well, it could have been he had nothing to do with it. Now, I know that's a new thought. That's a strange thought to some people. But read the rest of this verse right here. There was an earthquake. But, but the Lord, said out loud, everybody said out loud, the Lord was not in the earth. Are there earthquakes the Lord is not in? He's not in it. Even if he allows something, that doesn't mean it was his will and doesn't mean he was in it. The Lord was not in the earthquake. How many believe when the Lord restores everything and we've got a new heaven and a new earth, we won't have any more earthquakes? You're talking about perfect weather. It's never going to be too hot. It's never going to be too cold. The animal's not even going to hurt each other. The lion's going to lie down with the lamb. Amazing. It's going to be like it was originally. Right? So all the stuff that's happened since the fall of man and Adam and Eve is not an improvement on God's plan. It's a perversion of it. It's here because of sin, because of the curse. Never was God's plan and will. I'm not saying the Lord didn't know about it. I'm saying it wasn't his choice. It was man's choice. Keep going. After the earthquake, there came a fire. But what else? The Lord wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the wind, tearing up the rocks. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. After the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood in the mouth of the cave. And the voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? (laughs) I don't know if you've thought about this or know much about it. God has a sense of humor. He will tell you funny stuff. He will. You don't think so. You just don't know him very well. He'll tell you funny things. Just at, at an unexpected time. I mean, he said things to me that just, I just bust out laughing. And people think, what's wrong with him? He's funny. He's good. He's good. Are there winds, earthquakes, fires that God has nothing to do with? That he is not in them? Now, uh, I remember a fire that God was in. Let's talk about how you can tell the difference. In Exodus 3 and 2, Moses saw a bush and it was rolling with fire. A flame of fire out of the midst of the bush and he looked and the bush burned with fire and the bush was what? Not consumed. When God's in the fire, He won't destroy everything, burn everything up. It'll excite you and bless you. You can get direction and get the plan. The whole nation comes out of bondage and slavery. When God's in the, how can you tell when God's in it, when God's not in it? If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, I'm telling you, God's not in it. That's the thief. 
That's the devil. That's the destroyer. God's not the destroyer. God's not the thief. God's not a murderer. Is it? I remember a uh, an earthquake that God was in. You remember one? In the book of Acts 16 and 25. Paul and Silas had been beaten for preaching the gospel. Then they were put in the stocks. And then this stinky, dark jail. Backs cut and bleeding. All hunched over in this uh, device. And what'd they do? What'd they do? They cried. And said, we just don't understand. But God must have some purpose. In destroying us. Well, they were following God's plan for their life, but they believed deliverance and freedom was the will of God, and they prayed about it. Didn't they? Now let's let's behold I stand at the door and knock. Wonder what they prayed. Lord, let us stay here. Lord, let's stay here. At least another year or two. Huh? I don't think so. What do you think they prayed? Did they ask God to get involved in their situation? Do you think that they did? And then they didn't just pray and beg in unbelief. If you pray in faith, you get to the praise. If you never get to the praise, you never get to the faith. If you just keep begging and asking and begging and asking and begging and asking, you never get in faith. If you get in faith, at some point you got to believe God has heard your prayer. It's his will. He's granted your request. So now it's just time to praise. They prayed. And now they're singing praises. And they're singing them loud enough that the prisoners down the hall are hearing them there in that old stinky jail. And verse 26, something happened. Something happened. Suddenly there was a big earthquake. A great earthquake. And God was in this one. How can we tell God was in it? This is a very peculiar earthquake. The foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Listen to to another translation of this. The NIV says at once all the prison doors flew open. Well, if the foundation of a place is moved, then the door jams can get out of alignment. But that's very specific that, you know, the, the roof didn't fall in. There was not one shingle fell off and hit one stray cat. There was not, <laughs> not one rock fell and hit one mouse. Just that all, every, not just a couple of doors. This, this is a very specific earthquake. Every door went pop and flew open. And not only that, Everybody's shackles went poop, poop, poop. They just shook them off and they fell off. Very specific. Earthquake. How many would take an earthquake like this anytime? That when God is in the fire, it doesn't even burn up the bush. You get light, you get truth, you get direction. You're in the presence of the Almighty. When God's in the earthquake, buildings don't fall down. 
Y'all with me, saints? Am I reading scripture or not? When God's in the earthquake, the doors pop open and everybody's chains all off. I'll take that kind of shaking anytime. How about you? Everybody's chains came loose. You know, I remember reading also, we saw in that scripture, God wasn't in that wind. He wasn't in that earthquake, wasn't in that fire. But I remember a wind he was in on the day of Pentecost. Anybody remember that wind, Acts 2? Acts 2 and 2. Acts 2 and 2 says, suddenly on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the roof blew off. Huh? And people got hurt by flying debris. No. No. Why? Because God was in this. He was in this. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And what else happened? There appeared in them cloven tongues like as of fire. Here's some fire. Here's some fire. And it got on them. Didn't even singe their hair. Didn't burn up anything. It just. What happened when this wind came. And this fire came and sat on them. They weren't destroyed. They weren't distressed. Nothing was taken away from them. They all got filled. And began to speak with other tongues. Shouting and come out of that upper room full of God, full of glory, full of power. That's what happens when God's in it. Let's stop letting people confuse us about what's God and what's not. It's easy, easy to discern. God is a good God. He does. Good thing. The devil is a bad devil. He does bad things. Never does God get up and say, hey devil, let's swap jobs today. You do something good and you bless somebody and I just, I've been feeling mean. I want to crush something. Never do they swap jobs. Never ever. How many of God does not change? He does not change. And never are they working together. If God and the devil are working together, we can hang it up. We're done, right? What? We won't even know which way to turn. No, God and the devil is not working together. No, don't you believe in that stuff? And it's amazing. People go to school and pay good money to learn this stuff. Get, to get so mixed up and come out now they're wise and go, well, it's very complex and complicated. You know, God is... No. Evil comes out of evil. Good comes out of good. God is good. He's not evil. If it's stealing, if it's killing and destroying, you don't have to wonder, is that God? It's not God. God's not in it. When God is in it, and God's not in everything, but when people ask him to be, when they believe him to be, when they open the door and say, come in, Lord, I want you in this situation with me. Come in, help me, please. And not just beg in unbelief, but believe him. Get in faith about it and start praising him about it. That's when he does show up. He does get involved and it's good. Somebody say it's good. It's good. All the time. Look with me in Luke 9. Luke the ninth chapter. Jesus showed the father as he walked the earth. He said this numerous times. He said, uh, 
You remember he said to his own disciples when they said, show us the Father. He said, have I been all this time with you and you don't know me? And they're thinking, well, we didn't say show us you. We said show. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen him. What does that mean? If you've seen what Jesus was doing, recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you've seen that, you've seen the Father. If you've heard him, you've heard the Father. So whatever Jesus is doing, that's what God has been doing with mankind all along. They got to see it up close and personal. The word became flesh. But if God was sending storms to destroy Jesus would never have stood up and rebuked the wind and the waves, would he? He would have been opposing something his father was doing. Certainly not. He knew God was not in that wind and those waves trying to sink them and destroy them. He knew that, which is why without hesitation, he boldly commanded it to peace be still. And if God was putting disease and putting things on people to teach them, then that's what you'd have seen Jesus doing. Wouldn't you? He is the express image of the Father. Everything you see him do is the Father being revealed. You would have seen Jesus going to people and saying, I know you don't want this, but I'm going to give you some disease because it's going to help you. You'd have seen it. Now, see, that sounds laughable, and yet people want to turn around and say, yeah, but God does that. No, if God did it, you'd have seen Jesus doing it. He's the express image of the Father. What you do see him doing, you never see him putting disease on anybody. How many know there's no story about Jesus putting any disease on anybody? Ever. What you do see is him rebuking the devil and disease off of people by the scores of thousands right and left and everybody that ever came to him to be healed left healed. Everyone. There were some folks that wouldn't receive him that didn't get what they needed but everybody that came to him for it and believed him every one of them. Every one of them. Didn't the Bible say Acts 10.38 anybody remember it? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about Doing good. And healing who? All. Healing who? All. All that were oppressed of the devil. God wasn't in the oppression that was happening in their life. God was with Jesus getting the oppression off of them. Come on, can you see this, friends? Don't let this be too simple for you. Most of the church world is confused about this. They'll stand by the side of a sick one and say, well, we just don't understand. You know, God, you know, he has some purpose in this. Really? Everything happens for a reason. And they're implying it's for a divine reason. No, 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 no. These things are not, just because people say it and believe it don't make it true. Even Jesus' own uh, disciples, people that were with him closely, had the wrong idea about some things. He had to correct them. In Luke 9, Luke 9, and what is it, 53 or so? Luke 9, 53? Uh, Well, let's read 52. Jesus sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered at a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. Verse 53. 
They did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. There was tremendous prejudice and racism between the Jews and Samaritans, big time. And when they thought he was going to be associated with them, they said, well, you know, nothing to do with you. And this made his disciples mad. Well, you ever been treated wrongly because of somebody's prejudice? It can really rub you the wrong way. Verse 54, when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, you want us just call some fire down from heaven and consume them like Elijah did? Huh? Why? How dare they not receive the Messiah? Snub their nose? Tell the Son of God, you can't come here. You're a Jew. Uh uh. We're not having any Jew meetings in our town. Jews are not allowed. It burnt them. They, and they came to the master. They thought, now, how many understand? They would not have gone to him unless they thought maybe he's going to say, yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you know you're going to get rebuked, you're not going to go say it. No, they thought he's going to say, you know, this is a good time for that. Go ahead, call her down, boys. They must have thought about it and talked about it and said, this is what needs to happen here. These people... They, they need to be made an example of. Crispy critters. We'll, we will see them French fried. I've been wanting to try that out anyway. I want to call down some fire. What did Jesus say? Verse 55. What did he say? Jesus turned around and said, well, I know it's confusing because God does that sometimes. and You just never know what God is going to do. No, no. He rebuked them. That's not just couched in soft tones. He rebuked them. He said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. You mean calling fire down. That's not who we are. It's not who I am. How many believe the master is not the destroyer? He's not in the wind that tears the rocks apart. He's not in the earthquake that destroys the city and kills thousands. I know people are saying he is, but doesn't make it right. I don't care if millions of people believe it. It don't make it right because a lot of people believe the same lie. You don't know what manner of spirit you are of. Verse 56. Come on, read this. Read this. For the Son of Man is not come To destroy men's lives. But to save them. You're hearing it straight out of the master's mouth. Come on. How many believe this now? Then don't let somebody tell you. That he come. He's destroying. He's not the destroyer. There is a destroyer. It's the devil. Jesus is not the devil. God is not the devil. Is he? No. Just because other folks are confused doesn't mean we have to be confused. Right. Hallelujah. 
Go ahead and lift up your hands and say, Lord, I believe you're good. I believe you are good. I don't care what anybody says. They're wrong. You are not the killer. You are not the destroyer. You are not the problem. You never have been. You never will be. You are good, 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 good. You're the best. Good and only good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Stand on your feet, everybody. Thank you, Master. Oh, we're so thankful. Oh, let's just close our eyes and lift up our hearts before the Lord. Oh, Lord, tell him again that you believe in his goodness. Lord, I don't believe there's anything evil in you. Nothing. You are light. And in you is no darkness at all. There's no evil in you. There's no evil in you. There's no bad in you. None, none, none. You are good and only good. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your graciousness and kindness. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I worship you. I give you glory. Just close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me if you you believe it. Father God, open my eyes. And help me to understand what is you and what is not you. All the religious things that are not true about you, things that people have believed, preached, sayings that people quote regularly, but that are not true. Help me to see them. Reveal them to me. Help me to understand them. And I'll put them away. Help me to see what's you and what is not you. What is true and what is not true. And I choose to believe you are a good, good God. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.